Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Episode 9, Fatherhood. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity that I have right now to speak to some men about fatherhood. Thank you for my boys, the gift that they are to me and to my wife. It's just such a joy being a dad. So God, I pray that you would help me talk to these guys and encourage these pastors in the great call of fatherhood. Holy Spirit, I trust you will direct and lead my words. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to say good morning to you because it's six in the morning. I am sipping my Crown Brew coffee. Crown Brew is a coffee shop in Carterville, Illinois. You can Google them and subscribe to their coffee. I would encourage you to do that. It's great stuff. But I'm sitting here this morning and I want to talk to you about fatherhood. Now, I realize that not all pastors are fathers, but most pastors are fathers, or at least will be. And what we're doing, just as a reminder, is bringing you through the process of callings that are prerequisite callings to the call of pastor. Before the pastor is a pastor, he's got these great and noble callings that are greater or better than being a pastor. And what I want to call your attention to this morning is specifically this call of fatherhood. With my five callings of a pastor, the first one is the calling of a Christian, being a son of God, living in light of being a Christian and never getting over the fact of Christ being for you and you being born again and living in Christ. And the second great call is the call of being a husband. That was last week's episode, the call of husbandry, that ancient fantastic call. This week, I want to talk to you about the call of being a father, fatherhood. All the non-fathers out there, I will give you an address at the end of this podcast, so hang with me because I think a lot of the things that I'm talking about now certainly are applicable to you. First, I want to talk about where do we learn about fatherhood. Well, we learn about being a dad from being fathered by God. It sounds a little novel, but I think it's true when Jesus prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, that he's giving us insight about fatherhood. Where do we learn about fatherhood? Well, we learn about fatherhood from being fathered by God. I want to quote something from John Eldridge, and before you freak out and unsubscribe as you listen to this, uh, John Eldridge certainly has some things that are silly that he says, but I think a lot of younger pastors in particular have uh, thrown the baby out with the bathwater. In my opinion, Eldridge has a lot more to say to men, millennial men, than we give him credit for. I want to give you one example, and I think this is so helpful in kind of framing out what I'm talking about, about the fatherhood of God and learning fatherhood from him. Here's what he says in his book, The Way of the Wild Heart. What I'm suggesting is that we reframe the way we look at our lives as men and the way we look at our relationships with God. I also want to help you reframe the way we relate to other men, and especially you fathers who are wondering how to raise boys, and this would be applicable to girls as well. The reframing begins when we see that a man's life is a process of initiation into true masculinity. It's a series of stages that we soak in and progress through. And as for God... I believe what he is primarily up to at any point in a boy or a man's life is initiating him. This is what I want you to hear right here specifically. So much of what we misinterpret as hassles or trials or screw-ups on our part are in fact God fathering us, taking us through something in order to strengthen us or to heal us or dismantle 
some unholy thing in us. In other words, initiating us. A distinctly masculine venture. That paragraph has been so helpful for me to reframe, I think, in a more correct way, my understanding of God's sovereignty and his fatherhood. You see, I love in that little passage, it helps me think not just of having God as a sovereign judge, but having a sovereign father. The God of the universe is also a sovereign father over his children. And me, now as a believer, being able to come to God as father is just a tremendous thing. It is a gift to be able to learn fatherhood from God. So, pastor father, press into learning fatherhood from God. That's where we learn it. Now, the gift of fatherhood. We are gifted to be fathers. What a joy it is to be a dad. I love being a dad. Uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 127, 3 through 5, has some really great words to us. Verse 3, here's what it says. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Consider for a moment, Pastor Father, that your children are a heritage for you from God. A reward. Do you see your kids as a reward? 1 Timothy chapter 3 challenges us and it says that if you can't manage your own household well, you can't be a pastor. If, if, you're, if your focus isn't on home life and cultivating health with your wife and your children, you simply can't be a pastor. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 says that if you don't provide for your household, especially those within your household, you're worse you're denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever. I have no idea what that even really means. In the scriptures, home life matters and home life for the pastor specifically matters. And the challenge, I think, according to those verses, is considering life and as life as a pastor flowing from the home to the church, not the other way around. If you want to be a better pastor, then grow as a father. Don't worry about being a better pastor. Worry about being a, not, not worry, but challenge yourself by the grace of God to be a better father. If you grow as a father, you will grow as a pastor. What do I mean? Let me give you two examples. Think about these two words, evangelism and discipleship. Pastors do conferences about this. We brainstorm about this. We want to see evangelism go forth because we want to see the glory of God go forth. And we want to disciple people within our church. We want people to be discipled. But I want you to consider about being a better father and thinking about the home before you think about the church. And with these two words, I want you to consider this. When pastors, many of them, I think, think about those words, they go immediately to thinking about the church or the lost people in their community. But I want to challenge you to think about the home. I want to call for a course correction. When you hear evangelism and discipleship, think home. The center of evangelism for a pastor is in his house with his unsaved children. If you have unsaved children, the strategies you need to be thinking through and the people that you need to be praying for more than anybody in your community is your children. That's the epicenter of evangelism, is in the training ground. And where you become better at evangelism is thinking through how you can live out the implications of the faith in the home, but then how you can evangelize your own children. Think about evangelism as it relates to your kids 
before you think about evangelism as it relates to those lost in your community. And discipleship. When your children become Christians, the epicenter of discipleship is not your local congregation. It is your children and your wife as you're discipling each other. So the epicenter of discipleship is your kids. Grow in discipling your kids and you will grow as a disciple maker in the local assembly. That's the challenge. The center of evangelism and discipleship is the home, not the church and the community for the pastor. So, if you're not a father, how does this how do the what, what does this mean for you? Well, let me ask you, non-father pastor, who are your closest friends and consider your family. So, best friends, family or family best friends. For you, evangelism and discipleship isn't first the people in your church or the people in the community. Evangelism and discipleship first for you needs to flow from the people that God has given you closest, the people that are closest to you, your family and your best friends. If you will focus on being evangelistic and, and thinking through the best strategies and ways that you can talk to your family, unsafe family members about the gospel, you will be a better evangelist. If you will work at discipling those who are closest to you, you will be a better disciple maker. So to bring it all together, being a father is a whole lot greater call than being a pastor. And I just simply want to call your attention home, outward, rather than outward, inward. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.